For the past three days he'd not seen or heard any sign of his pursuers, nor had he come across many local people. Those he did encounter paid him little attention. His face and stature were similar to theirs. His instincts told him to ride on, that he hadn't put enough distance between himself and... From across the stream, perhaps fifty yards away, came the crack of a branch in the trees. Anyone else would have dismissed it, but Dakal knew the sound of a horse pushing through heavy brush. His own horse had stopped drinking, its head raised and ears twitching. From the trail, another sound, the scuff of a horse's hoof on the gravel trail. Dakal pulled the bow from the sheath on his back and an arrow from the quiver, then crouched down in the knee-high water grass. Partially blocked by the horse's legs, Dakal peeked under the animal's belly, looking for signs of movement. There was nothing. He turned his head right. Through the trees he could just make out the narrow trail. He watched, waited. Then, another hoof scuff. Dakal knocked an arrow and drew the bow slightly, taking up the tension. A few moments later a horse appeared on the trail, cantering slowly. The horse stopped. Dakal could see only the rider's legs and his black-gloved hands resting on the saddle's pommel, reins gripped loosely in his fingers. The hand moved, jerked the reins slightly. Beneath him, the horse whinnied and stamped its hoof. An intentional move, Dakal realized immediately. A distraction. The attackers would be coming from the forest side. Dakal drew the bow fully, took aim, and let fly the arrow. The point pierced the man's leg in the crease between his upper thigh and hip. He screamed, clutched his leg, and toppled off his horse. Instinctively, Dakal knew his aim was true. The arrow had punctured the leg artery. The man was out of the fight and would be dead within minutes. Still crouching, Dakal spun on his back heel while retrieving three more arrows from his quiver. Two he planted in the ground before him, the third he knocked. There. Thirty feet away were three attackers, swords drawn, creeping through the underbrush toward him. Dakal took aim on the trailing figure and fired. The man went down. In rapid succession he fired twice more, catching one man squarely in the chest, the next in the throat. A fourth warrior let out a war cry and charged from behind a copse of trees. He almost reached the edge of the stream before Dakal's arrow dropped him. The forest fell silent. Four, Dakal thought. They had never sent fewer than a dozen before. As if in answer to his puzzlement, the pounding of horses' hooves sounded on the trail behind him. Dakal spun, saw a line of horses galloping down the trail past their fallen comrade. Three horses. Four. Seven. Ten horses, and still they came. The odds were overwhelming. Dakal mounted his horse, knocked an arrow, and turned in his saddle in time to see the first horse galloping through the gap between the trees and into the clearing. Dakal fired. The arrow plunged into the man's right eye. The force drove him backward, over his saddle, where he bumped off the rump of his horse and into the next rider, whose horse reared, backpedaling, creating a choke point. Horses began slamming into one another. The charge stalled. Dakal kicked his heels into his horse's flank. The animal leapt off the bank into the water. Dakal brought its head around, healed the horse, and charged downriver. He realized this was no chance ambush. 
His pursuers had been covertly following him for some time and had managed to surround him. Over the splashing of his horse's hooves in the shallow water, he could hear them now, riders crashing through the forest to his right and hooves on the gravel trail to his left. Ahead, the stream curved to the right. The trees and undergrowth were thicker here, crowding the bank, all but blotting out the sun and leaving him in twilight. He heard a shout and glanced over his shoulder. Four riders were in pursuit. He looked right, saw dark horse shapes slipping in and out of the trees, paralleling his course. They were flushing him, he realized. But to where? His answer came seconds later as the trees suddenly parted, and he found himself in a meadow. The stream's width quadrupled. The color of the water told him the depth had increased as well. On impulse, he veered his horse left toward the sandy bank. Directly ahead, a line of five riders burst from the tree line, two of them bent low.